Hey everybody, welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. This is the place you get to hear extraordinary stories shared by ordinary people about how God has nudged them to either do something or not do something in their lives and what happened because of it. My name is Corey Freeman and I'll be your host. Each episode is another person's amazing story and I'm just glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. Before we start today, I just want to remind everybody that we are not a nonprofit, but we are a little ministry, my little ministry, <laughs> the little ministry that could. <laughs> and we actually have expenses as far as producing and editing. And a friend of mine was really sweet and said, you know, you really should tell people how much, you know, it costs each month. So somebody might want to donate to the cause. And I said, okay, I probably should. So it's about $700 a month for um, producing and editing. I shopped it around and it is a very good price. I have a great guy, sweet man that I've mentioned before. Nate novice. And he's so good, but he, that is his charge for what he's doing for us per month. So if any of you are so inclined, um, we do have a Patreon account or you can get a hold of me if you would like to contribute to that, uh, monthly, um, expense to keep this podcast going. So there's the announcement, little announcement for today <laughs> before we get started. So today I'm interviewing Jen Pryor. Jen and I have known each other for, we figured it out. We think we're around 20 years, somewhere in there. It seems like everybody I know is 20 years. It's, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> and Jen is lives near me in Southern California. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's a teacher of first graders. And she actually said her um, her daughter is uh, ready to hit first grade. And I said, oh, does that mean you're going to teach her? She said, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you can, a little bit more emphatic, please. No. <laughs> And she actually has had uh, quite a history of performing, but that's on hold right now. But if you'll listen to, it will be released um, this Sunday, Mary McCallum's um, uh, interview. She does talk about um, the acting and how um, with children and how, how she's been able to uh, do that. So <laughs> you never know. You guys will have to, I have to introduce you guys someday. Yes, so, so first of all, thanks so much for being here. But second of all, I would love to hear how you came to know the Lord, because ever since I've known you, you have such a love for the Lord and you exude Christ. And I would love to hear how you first met him. I'll put it that way. Awesome. Well, it was, it's funny because, you know, you get asked this question in Bible study or what have you. And it's like, well, when did, uh, I grew up in a Christian home and it was the kind of a thing where we always were at, like, I never knew anything else. And so I remember like for my own life, it would always be God. Let me just ask you one more time, because I don't like have that great conversion story. And maybe this time will be the time that I really and so I don't know, like I must have asked Jesus into my heart, you know, as a little girl, like on bended knee, I don't know, seven or eight times, who knows, um, just to make sure. And maybe this was going to be the one that stuck. Um, and I remember becoming then a teenager, you know, always went to Christian schools, everything like that became a teenager. And, um, I, 
I went with our, our high school youth group up to a summer camp called JH Ranch up in Northern California. I don't even know if they're still around anymore. Um, and for whatever reason, the the speaker who was supposed to be the speaker for the week, he was not speaking. Um, we were supposed to go to like the morning. It was called a big top meeting. There was, they had a big, huge tent there and all of this. And for whatever reason, of course it was the nudge of the Holy spirit. I sat out on, there was this big boulder, huge rock. And I just sat there and I prayed. I was 16 and I said, God, I just have to be honest with you. I'm bored. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like God, everybody, you know, is at a Christian school, you have chapel speakers come in all the time, you know? And so I'd grown up with chapels and all of the speakers would talk about like, Oh my goodness, this incredible, I used to be this. And now I met the Lord and Oh my gosh. And how life has changed. And I honestly was finding myself being jealous of people who had a past. Like I just want to, you know, to know the excitement of, of being, saved. You know, I, I feel like I'd always been saved. That was the only thing I knew. So I said, God, you know, it's not like I'm giving you an ultimatum. I'm not telling you show up or else, but I just want to let you know I'm bored. I don't get it. I'm still yours. I will be with you forever, but please could you show me a little bit about like how awesome you are? Cause everybody says you are. <laughs> Amen. When I walked okay. on it for some strange reason, I can picture you as a 16 year old saying oh. that. <laughs> Hanging on a rock with my big hair, and I'm like, okay. So, do you still have your incredibly long hair? I do. It's all up in a beehive, man. Okay, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen you in a while, and so I don't know how long it is. But it used to be so long, long and I can start to undo it. And there you go. Now we're getting real, people. And if you're not on, if you're not on the Facebook group, you need to be because she's showing like all her. hair coming out, you know, just pulling it out and showing us, but you, you miss a lot when you're just listening to it on the podcast. I'm just saying you're getting visuals, I know. Okay. <laughs> visual I representation, a curly cue. Okay. So I went into the big top and again, for whatever reason, the person who was supposed to speak was not speaking. And instead it was the camp owner's daughter who got up. She's a grown up a grown up adult woman. And she said, you know what, you guys, I just have to tell you when I was 16 years old, I sat out on that rock that is right out there outside the tent. And I said, God, I love you, but I just have to tell you, I'm just bored. Oh, and I my. I totally have chills and goosebumps right now. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, she said basically word for word, the prayer that I had just prayed. I mean, absolutely word for word. And I sat bolt upright on my hay bale, you know, as we were there in camp. And I don't even remember everything that unfolded from that point on. I just remember it was that first time I felt like God very personally reached down into my life and said, okay, Jen, yeah, I hear you. And I'm, I'm here with you. And it's not just all about faith. It's all about, Hey, I'm here for you individually, personally, that has begun the real personal journey of up and down and seeing how over all of the years, especially then, you know, in my adult years, how God is very much personally involved 
Yeah. Yeah. Like every single hair on your head. You know what I mean? Like every single cell in your body, he knows you and he sees you now. That's how you, you know, he have that confirmation when things like that happen, where it's exactly what you needed. Did you tell the lady that was talking that I night? Did did, later, I was like, oh my goodness, you had me. I probably was weeping and ugly cry and all of that jazz. But um, by the way, those of you who are only listening, what you're missing is a whole lot of hand motion. So welcome Facebook. You're getting the hands. You know anyway. what? I always thought I wa- talked a lot with my hands, but I guess during the podcast, I don't really talk as much with my hands. I just noticed it watching you. I guess I don't. Usually in real life, IRL. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Well, my you know what? A challenge one time to teach without using my hands. So I like, I like held my hands behind my back and then my head was this, <laughs> and I had to emphasize. It. Anyway, I digress. Okay. We're back. But, but it's so funny because it, it's like, it's just so much part of who we are to be like you give of your whole body. And, it, you know, as a teacher, when you're teaching first graders, they have to see the whole you know, another friend of mine who's hopefully going to be on too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing her about being on. I'm like, okay, you know, it's coming, right? <laughs> but uh, she too is very animated. And I think it's first grade that she teaches too. And now I'm seeing, oh, there's a correlation here. <laughs> so I am going to let you share. I'm, I'm excited because I have not heard all the the, the minute details probably that you're going to share. I've heard like different times you share the general story of what we're going to share, but I will tell you, I was very happy to hear that you were open to being on the podcast to share it because I think there are some people who will be blown away. Most people that will, every time I'm sure you share this story, people are mouth hanging open. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I will put it out there and Hey, if your mouth hangs open, awesome. God is great. Yeah. So So this, this happened in what year are we talking? Well, okay. So to give a little bit, wait, my, my coming to Jesus or. Oh, I'm sorry. Your nudge story, your nudge story. story. Okay. My nudge story has several nudges, but I guess. Oh, share them all. We could go back to the idea of. I got married quite young. I was 20, uh, almost 21. I was just a month shy, but I got married right the senior, the, the summer before my senior year in college, my husband had just graduated. He was 24. Um, at the time it was very much, we had both prayed. We knew it was right. God was blessing it, but oh my gosh, I look at 20 year olds now and think you're babies, but nudge number one, we got married. Um, and we, you know, you have that plan in your head that you were going to be married for three to five years, and then you're going to have your 2.5 children. And because I was so young, when when three years hit, we kind of looked at each other and, and just laughed, said, no, never mind, too, too early. We are not ready for children yet. So five years came around. And at that point, we were kind of 
toying with the idea. But as Corey, you said, you know, I have been a performer um, in my past life. And so <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to say there was a show coming up that I really, really wanted to do. I wanted to do Into the Woods and I wanted to audition to be the witch in Into the Woods. And I thought, oh, she probably shouldn't be pregnant. So we kind of put everything on hold then, you know, and we both got to do the show and it was a great, a lot of fun. Um, and then as things would progress, we just kind of got comfortable just being the two of us uh, and very, very comfortable. And then kind of got to the point where we thought, you know what, maybe we just won't have kids. Um, but then as most marriages do at some point in time, you come to a very rough patch because life goes in seasons. And um, my husband and I were in a real rough patch. And in the midst of just figuring out how to be with each other in a healthy way again, and that's a whole other thing that doesn't need to be gotten into now. But what part of um, what was part of our learning how to truly be a good, solid husband and wife together. My husband turned to me, he said, you know, have your, have your thoughts about having kids changed at all? And I said, oh my goodness, yes. Have yours? He said, yeah, I think that we're supposed to have kids. I thought, oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. So that was a really beautiful thing. So at that point, you know, now we've been married for 10 years and you think, okay, getting pregnant, let's do this. Well, in our story, it just became the one year led to another year to another year and another year. And you just have all the feelings of heartache, all the feelings of what in the world. And then you start to go to that ugly place of God, am I being punished for all those mistakes that we made before? And so is that why you're not giving us children? You just, you go to all these weird, dark places, you know, and we went to doctors and there really wasn't any reason we weren't having kids. Just, I mean, you know, we weren't infertile. There wasn't anything horribly wrong. I had a, <laughs> I'll call her sweet. For those of you who are only listening, I'm giving you air quotes. <laughs> who said, well, you know, his are slow and yours are old. So whatever. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Well, that was so sweet of her. Uh, a very crusty lady. Anyway, all that to say, but she had no real reason why it wasn't happening anyway. So you just, then you keep praying and praying and praying and I would truly be okay with God's will. I would honestly say like 98% of the time, just feeling like, you know what, God, you're going to like we're going to be parents somehow, sometime it's all in your timing. I'm good. I'm good. And then I would randomly at like for no, no reason whatsoever. Like I would pull into a parking place at Stater brothers. And then all of a sudden just be weeping for no, you know, like just something happened, maybe a trigger, maybe somebody walked by the car with their young child. I don't know. And then I would just be weeping and just mourning and going, Lord, what is it? What is it? Why, 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 why are we not 
having a baby. So, and I, and to, 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 and like to acknowledge what you're going through, we only went through infertility. We did go to an infertility specialist, but we went only went through it for, I forgot how many years, but it wasn't, I, I want to say within two years, I think they figured out some like a pill that it wasn't like Perganol, but it was like Clomid. And, um, but it, it was like a year or two. And even that was, it felt like forever when you have this, this idea that you're going to, yeah, we've been together. We're okay. We're ready now. And then it's like, God goes not so fast. (laughs) And you're like, wait a second, wait a second. Why? And you go into the, like, why is this happening? And you know, why can't we? And you know, that whole, it's it's emotionally, even a shorter term, like we had, it's, it's emotional. Yeah, it is. Uh, Especially, and I kept coming back to God, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I know that within that short little scripture, there's two ways to interpret that. It's that whole like, hey, God, if I give you my life and I delight in you, then all these desires that I have, you're going to fulfill them in me. There's that interpretation of it. Or there's the flip side, like, hey, if I delight myself in you, you are going to put into me the desires that will be in my heart. Like, and he will give you the desires of he will give you those desires. Uh, and so I thought either way you look at it, Lord, I feel like I have this very, very strong desire in my heart to be a mom and I am delighting in you, God. And so like, if this isn't your will, will you take this desire away? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it just hurts too much. Um, we got to do some traveling in March of 2013. We got to take a little bit of a trip to go see my husband. And I love the national parks. And so we are trying, you know, to get to as many of them as we could. The bummer thing is we bummer, bummer. God, you made your world so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> fell in love with the Grand Teton National Park up in Wyoming. And so we just keep going back there. We thought, well, if we only ever keep going back there, we're never going to see anything else. So we took, um, we both are teachers. And so we took a spring break in March of 2013. We thought, well, let's go somewhere else this time. So we decided we were going to go to see Zion and Bryce Canyon because they're real close to each other um, in Utah. And that was what we were going to do. So we went on this great epic trip and I remember being in our hotel room and another just nudge from God. We, my husband and I don't really do couples devotions. We do our own thing. You know, that's just not what's ever really been a part. We will, we will come together and we will pray, but we don't sit together often to do our own, uh, to, to do a couple's devotion. But for whatever reason, this night, we just, we pulled out our Bible and the Lord truly just gave us this verse. It was Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go through that again, but just to give you where I was at at that point, I was starting to wonder if it was now becoming sinful to keep hoping for a child because I thought like, God, am I not, Uh, am I not 
just content. You know, I should be mm-hmm. content with whatever you've given me. And right now you have chosen to not give us a child. And so I should be content. So the fact that I keep hoping and praying for a child, am I then going against your will? Like, am I, am I just saying, yeah, God, but like, I don't know, you just start to go. I know. And I just didn't know. And so when God gave us this verse and to go through it bit by bit here again, may the God of hope, aha, he, he is a God of hope. Like hope is not sinful. Right. God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with now get this, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Like, wait, so not just, oh God, help me survive. Mm, God mm-hmm. of hope, fill you with all joy. Wait, what? I could have the audacity to be filled with joy in the midst of this time as you trust in him. And the power of the Holy Spirit, you will, I mean, I know I'm all conflusted here. It's, May the God of hope flee with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you have, there it is, so that you may overflow with hope. How? Not because of your own producing it, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. He's the one who's going to just be like overflowing and just dumping this hope and this joy and this peace into me. So is it sinful to have hope? No, it is not. He is God of hope. And that was a really big, important turning point for us to just say, okay, it's, I don't know when your timing is God, but you are the God of hope and you're the one filling us up with this hope and with this joy. And we can have fun in this time, not just mm-hmm. certain. Yeah. 2013. That was a big, I don't know, aha nudge, shall we call it? Uh, <laughs> a nudge toward hope. Or a well, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds almost like a, an epiphany. You know what I mean? It really was. I mean, it sounds like the, you know, uh, to me, it sounds like that. I mean, it sounds like more than just a little bit of a nudge. It's almost like God just sort of took the scales off your eyes almost and both of you at the same time and had you both come across this verse, you both felt a big shift. Yeah. And then you kind of start going, okay, so God, does that mean we're getting pregnant soon? Of course not. Um, so fast forward a year, uh, Father's Day 2014, uh, I, we, we started coming to this conversation of what if we're not going to have a baby? You know, what if we are not going to get pregnant? Would we be up for adoption? Would that be something we would consider? And it really began to start to feel selfish if our answer was no, because it felt like, how dare I sit here and like cry out in anguish for going on eight years to saying, God, 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 I so desperately want a child when there were so many children out there so desperately wanting parents. You know, I thought, you know what? Okay. It would be really lame of me to not consider that. And I know that some people are born with the desire in their heart to adopt like that is part of their fabric of their being. And that's part of their dream. They want to be that person who adopts. And that never really was us. You know, again, I was going to have my own kids by the time I was 27. You know, when I'm all, okay, that wasn't happening. And here I was now 37, uh, 38, actually, at that point, 
thinking, okay, Lord, like I'm getting old mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of my friends that I went to college with, their children are teenagers now, and we still don't have the baby, you know, the baby, this Holy grail. And um, then people probably, there's also, I've talked to many people who have not, I mean, I didn't have children until I was 29 and I got the question a lot, but I know that once you're getting into your thirties, people go, well, do you guys want kids? Are you guys trying to have kids? Are you going to try? And then they don't know if they should ask. And then family members are like trying to tiptoe around the subject. And you probably, want to say to them, you know, yes, we're trying, you know, yes, we're trying or no, we're God's saying no right now. Or, you know, sometimes you don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, like if they happen to ask you at a point where you're feeling all strong, then it's a very happy, confident answer of yes. Yeah. We're just, we're waiting on the Lord. And then there are times it's like, yes, I want children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh darn, those human moments. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we human. Um, so like I said, so Father's Day 2014. Out of the blue, we got a text message from a, a theater friend, someone that we knew well, but weren't, you know, on a daily basis, whatever, got this text message saying, Oh my goodness, there is a sister sibling set. A one-year-old girl and a three-year-old girl uh, up for emergency, immediate adoption. And she kind of went into what the situation was and they need to be adopted. Like, now, are you interested? And it was that like, oh my goodness, like panic moment of, Lord, I was hoping for a child. Is this what you meant? And, but wait, two of them, and they're already born and they're already toddlers and oh my gosh you know like you start going through all of those ah, panic moments and it was father's day so i had to go i had to go to the grocery store to go get something while my husband was grilling in the backyard and and i had this whole conversation with the lord in my head and i was also already angry at my husband because of the way he was going to say no uh, <laughs> we had not even talked yet <laughs> I just said, you know, here's the text. I've got to go to the store. And now I'm, you know, griping at God about how my, you know, here we are. We're going to the first time you actually then offer us children and and we're going to blow it. And he's going to say no. You know, and I, I went from those moments of panic of like, oh, my gosh, well, we've got to get a minivan and we've got to buy all the, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> how am I going to do this? And then you go from like total denial to fear and panic to then acceptance and then that joy of like oh my gosh we're gonna do it but I got home you know with my groceries and I went to my husband and I'm already like ready to like have the defense like oh this conversation I've got to convince him and god bless my husband he sat down with me and he said you know when I think of adopting two little girls I am more excited than scared and i went god forgive everything i just said about my husband he's the most amazing man alive Um, (laughs) and i was so excited you know and so then we texted our friend we said yes 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 the answer is yes and she said okay this is so exciting let me contact blah 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 you know all the pieces and then she texted back about half an hour later just totally crestfallen and 
horrified saying like, I can't believe it. Oh my goodness. I am so sorry that somebody else in the church already stepped forward already has accepted and and whatever their situation was, it was going to be a perfect situation to adapt these two little girls. So my husband was a rock star, but we were then crestfallen. And this idea of like, oh, you know, you kind of work yourself up in that moment of, holy cow, it's happening. We're going to be parents. God is giving us not one, but two. And all of a sudden right away, and okay, I guess we'll be skipping the baby phase, but the one year old is still a baby. You know, you kind of go through all the things. Um it's funny how you go from zero to 60 really fast in our humanness. We're like, oh, I don't know, one in three. And then you get kind of all excited. And then to get a to get a phone call or a text to say, oh, sorry, somebody already, you know, um, was ready to adopt them. I mean, it's funny how you can ramp yourself up and then you're so let down, even though at the beginning, a few hours earlier, you could have been more. Oh, no, I don't know. (laughs) And do you know that is that's one of my biggest takeaways from that whole experience. As we came to the closure in it, we said, "Okay, God. These two girls weren't for us, but what you have now revealed to us in the midst of this. Is that we're ready for adoption, like if this situation comes to us again, we're going to say yes. And we have to give ourselves the time. God, God, I guess where it is, the takeaways, God gives us the emotions and the security that we need in the time that we need it. He lets us go through the process of denial and fear and all the stuff all the way then into the joy. Like, so we should never pray for what we're feeling. We should pray (laughs) for God's eventual gradual progression to where we need to be. He will give us what we need when we need it. Mm-hmm. And in his timeline. Yeah. And in his timeline, exactly. Which is the hard part. Yep. So that was June of 2014. Well, now fast forward two months and I am a school teacher for us. School starts in August. And, um, I, you know, I just been in school for a couple of weeks and I was going out to a local coffee shop for lunch with two of my teacher girlfriends and we were going to go have lunch. So we walked into this local coffee shop and there was a group of women already in the coffee shop whom I knew I knew them well enough to be able to, of course, go and say hello and be chatty and whatnot. Um, None of them were close personal friends, but I knew like we knew them well and okay, we're friendly. All is good. All is well. So we, uh, we went, I, I walked up to one. Now one whom I really had never really met. Her name was Sarah. She looked up at me and she said, can I ask you a personal question in front of all these people? <laughs> did she say in front of all these people? She did. Oh, she did. 
She did. She and I later discovered we're very kindred spirits and all the, all the same things anyway. But at that time I didn't know her really well at all. And she said, personal question in front of all these people. Sure. And so she's sitting, she's looking up at me as I'm standing over. She said, do you want a baby? Uh, (laughs) And everybody's eyes are on you. (laughs) Yeah. And I just said, yes. She said, because I don't really know if this is like a thing with you or not, but I've got this friend of a friend of a friend who is uh, is pregnant. She is uh, addiction free and alcohol free. Um, She but she has she's got four kids of her own. Uh, She's a great mom, but she's just not able with her financial situation and whatnot. She's not able to. keep this child she already had to adopt out one other and so um but she's looking for a home like she's four months pregnant are you interested oh my goodness um and i said yes (laughs) yes i am uh and at that point you know i literally backed up into a wall and turned around and said okay well we'll be in contact with each other and i went and i ordered my food and sat down with my friends who had already ordered and sat down and i i kind of just sputtered out that what had just happened and that that whole comment like i don't know if that's just a thing with you i thought you have no idea how much of a thing with me this is you know i think at that point it was like eight years of a thing Um, And that was a nudge probably that the Holy Spirit gave her too to say something because we all know we don't usually say to a woman, are you pregnant? And we, you know, because we don't know for sure or whatever. And the second question we don't ask is if somebody doesn't have kids, like, you know, do you want kids or you not want kids? You don't usually bring up if they want to have kids, if they don't, because you don't know, like, have they had problems? Do they want kids? Do they not? Did they have miscarriages and don't want them now? Or those are the two questions. So for her to, for her to ask that question, how to be huge on her heart to say something. And I later, I found out uh, because I then did become friends with a lot of those women um, later uh, come to find the way she even knew to ask. And this is another really neat part of how God orchestrates things. Um, at the time, I was a middle school English teacher. Currently, I teach first grade, but I was teaching middle schoolers at that time. And um, one of my students, uh, I, every once in a while, I I would, you know, something would trigger a something and I would find myself having very raw emotions with my middle school students. And I would just share with them the pain and the heartache of wanting to be a mom. And it would just come out at different times doing a literature study, doing a something here and a little trigger, something would happen. And all of a sudden the kids would look at me and I would be rooted to the spot going, sorry, guys, I'm just processing something for a moment here. Okay. Well, anyway, one of those students had gone home and had, they, I guess I was part of, um, I was part of, uh, their family discussion. Sorry, something just popped on my screen. I was part of their family discussion about how Mrs. Pryor really just really wants babies anyway. So they had that in the back of their mind. Well, then 
her mom was one of those, you know, friend of a friend of a friend kind of a deals who had been heard. Well, when there's a situation available, well, maybe Mrs. Pryor. And so that was kind of out there with this, whatever. And so that gal named Sarah had just kind of had asked the table, like, oh, should I say something? Should I not? And they're like, sure. Yeah, do it. Just ask her. <laughs> and so I had lunch on that Monday and then, um, I, that evening I had, I would drive out to Corona where my husband teaches and I, I was going to meet him for Bible study out there that night. And we were going to have dinner together. It's a day full of being out for, for meals. And I sat him down and I said, honey, I think we're about to have a conversation that might change the rest of our lives. I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, here's what happened at lunch today. And related the story to him and just found out like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, could this be happening? Well, there was a lot of back and forth and oh, maybe not anymore. And then yes, but finally it came down to we were going to get to meet her. And oh my gosh, that was such a weird thing. You feel like, you know, we had already submitted like photographs of ourselves, like picking like, please like us, you know. <laughs> you're being called to the principal's office like is she gonna like us we don't know and you you just had no idea I didn't know what to expect didn't know anything and it was so amazing because getting to meet her um I was I guess in my head you know you never you never know what to expect and you shouldn't really form any kind of expectation I suppose but I guess I was thinking we were going to be meeting a very timid broken kind of a person and she is well we have that in you know it unfortunately with society we have this picture of quote an unwed woman you know unwed unwed woman you know that people have a perception of it that sort of you know grows it seems yeah and it was so neat getting to meet her because she she isn't that at all. She's an incredible mom who loves her kids dearly, dearly. And it is ripping her up inside that she needed to come to this situation. And I won't get into her whole story because that's her story. Um, but f- we are at the point where she needs to find a home for this baby that she was carrying. And we were able to meet she was she was just kept she kept saying I'm just so excited for you guys um it was strange she's 12 years younger than I am but she completely looks like she could be my little sister (laughs) it was kind of strange like oh this is interesting um and we were able to then get into the whole adoption process with her. And we, we, for us, we really, we did some research. We checked out a bunch of different possible options of how to go. We decided we really, really wanted to have some outside help um, with all of the legal papers and everything. Cause we thought we really, you know, you can hear the horror stories of, of children being placed in homes. And then there was some loophole, some, thing that didn't get signed or that was done wrong. And then to have the child removed from the home. And that thought was just horrifying to us. So we just thought we can't do that. We have to, um, we have to get help, you know? So we, we checked out a number of different agencies. I am just now remembering another nudge. We had decided to go with one particular agency 
And I remember I was about to call the guy and confirm what, wow, totally forgot all about this. And I felt like strongly that I shouldn't go with that guy, even though I had felt all kind of confident before it was some adoption lawyer, you know, guy who does this, all the stuff and a a godly man, because that was important to us. We wanted people who would be believers to just be praying with us through the whole process. Huh. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit say, go with this other agency, even though it was going to cost a little bit more what they had in place as part of their whole adoption process, families would pay a large sum of money into a basically like a communal fund for birth mom care. And it wouldn't be just for just for our birth mom. It was, you know, again, kind of within their community because they had birth moms come to them as an adoption agency through with all different life circumstances. Some would be totally great, financially stable, all the things they just, for whatever reason, can't keep the kid. And so they need help. Okay. But they don't need much financial assistance all the way down to homeless and drug addicted and diabetic, you know, all the things where you would need lots and lots of assistance. And our situation was kind of somewhere in between, but we just loved the idea then that, okay, even though it's going to cost a little bit more out of pocket, we really felt like God was saying, take care of your birth mom. Huh. Completely forgot about that. So, you know what? And you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I've only interviewed 20 something people now. I mean, this has just been going on since February and What's interesting to me is there are so many interviews that I've done where people start sharing their nudge story and then they'll go, oh, that was a nudge too. And then they'll start going on a little bit farther and they'll go, I didn't even think about that until just now. And it's almost like God like brings to mind little things to, for them to share. That's how I say, go where God leads you. (laughs) You The aha moments. Yeah. Huh, I'd forgotten about that. Another thing that that birth mom care would be, it would be providing um, rides for any doctor's appointments. If there was any need for medication or even like groceries and stuff like that. So it was a really neat program. And I was so grateful that we got to have those five months of getting to know our birth mom. Uh, the adoption agency, am I allowed to say their name? Can I say that? Oh yeah. If you want. Yeah. International Christian adoptions. They're based out of Temecula. Oh my great. Amazing. Incredible. And yes, they specialize in international adoptions, but they also do domestic here in the U S and whatnot. So they're an amazing, godly, great organization. They did not pay me to say that. Um, (laughs) Well, you know what I have, our daughter used to work for nightlight Christian adoptions. I remember we would have conversations. Yeah. Yeah nudging us that away and we had thought about that and god had a different nudge yeah Um, yeah there it is um the adoption agency they didn't know what to do with us (laughs) we've never had this kind of a situation before where the birth mom really is in this kind of a love relationship with their adoption whatever 
Anyway, so uh, as we went through the process, it was really pretty profound and incredible. And um, she lived at the time less than a mile away from us, which was kind of weird. Oh, I didn't know that. We knew where she lived. She never knew where we lived, but we, you know, we knew we were close and we would just be, you know, I don't know, be in relationship together. See, we would see her at Christmas. And, um, and when it came time, it's kind of a neat thing when I, um, (laughs) our daughter's birthday, um, Oh, well, let me go back. I'm going to interrupt. Ooh, I remembered another little fun thing. Here's another. <laughs> you do it. Ever so works, man. Mom and one of her friends decided, you know, they were going to, they went and got the ultrasound to do a gender, uh, a gender reveal for us so that we could know if we were having a baby girl or having a baby boy. And they, they printed up the ultrasound photo and they went to a, a craft store and got one of those see-through paint buckets, like a little craft paint bucket and stuffed it filled with the confetti, their proper color and inserted the little, um, uh, the, uh, the ultrasound picture and they put it all in this like opaque bag and said, you know, baby prior is a, a dot, 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 you know? And so then they dropped that off for us and let us have our private moment. And I remember like Mike and I, we, we just prayed, my husband and I, we prayed like, God, whatever you are about to reveal to us in that bag. Well, like we are thankful. We are thankful for whatever. And so, I said, Mike, you do it. You, you open it first. And so he, he opened it up and he just sat back and he just smiled. I said, well, what is it? He said, you look, (laughs) pull it out. And there's this pink, 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 pink. And he, he said, he's like, I just knew it. I knew it was going to be a girl. And my husband, this is a tiny little aside. God has done that a couple of different times in strange ways for my husband. He has revealed things um, very bizarrely for example growing up he always knew he was going to marry a jennifer is that a trip like oh that's right i remember you telling me that you told me that he was like yeah like a little kid and that god gave like let him know that jennifer i remember you saying that he was like so did you just marry me because i was (laughs) okay now for some reason okay this is going back 20 you know how many years that you told me this but for some reason did he start dating somebody and he was thinking, wait a second, but this can't be because I was supposed to. No, well, no, he was, he was dating, I guess where I feel good about this. He was dating someone else at the time that he, um, he, well, he not dating. He had just worked up the nerve with this girl that he very, very much was attracted to in college, whose name was not at all Jennifer. And I thought, okay, well, this is good. It wasn't like he was only going after Jennifer's in his life. You know, he, dated a number of other um ladies with other names and things like that and he felt like no what am i doing i gotta go up you know and it wasn't because my name was jennifer but it was because i am boy <laughs> there was a connection a meeting of the souls anyway you guys so that- have got to see this video okay so i just have to say <laughs> don't ignore the edge.com forward slash facebook don't ignore the edge.com facebook <laughs> Lord's less space, but because half of your communication, I swear, is your hands and your expressions. And I just it's love it. It's that's it's like the whole first grade thing. They, the <laughs> kids are being blessed big time, big time. Aww, and it is who you are. And that's why he picked you. 
So segue now. So now Neil knows, and he he knew it was going to be a girl. He just had this feeling. He was going to have a girl. And so there we were all preparing for our girl. Here it is. It's March 3rd. I walked into my middle school class. I just started teaching. My hair was still wet because I'm that girl who comes to school with my hair still wet and all this, whatever. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and in walks our front office gal and another lady with a camera and they're videoing and I'm like, what's going on? And they said, it's time. What do you mean? It's time. It's time. You're having a baby. <laughs> what? You know? And so there was, you know, friend of birth mom who was uh, there to tell me that I needed to go home and get in the car and go pick up birth mama and bring her to the hospital. And that it's really sweet. And I was so glad that they videoed it. So I've got that video. Of, oh, can we post it? Are you okay? Are you comfortable posting that? I totally am. Well, let find me, out. I mean, in there. So let me just kind of see, I don't know. Find I out and I can put it in the show notes and then people can, um, yeah, I'm just going to bank myself a note because I think, you know, just as long as they're okay with it, I would love to post yeah. that. Oh my gosh. It's fabulous. It's marvelous. That moment that, Oh wait, what it's time. Yeah. Very fun. Now was and, it, er, was the baby early? No, that was kind of part of the thing we did. She ended up being late, 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 oh. late. It originally thought it was going, she was going to be due Valentine's day, but then Valentine's day came and went and, and our birth mama had gone to a clinic and they had said, well, no, we don't think that you're due till like middle of March. And we thought that's like a whole month difference. What's going on? You know, so we didn't really know when oh, okay. of hoping and wondering. And so we sort of started to relax at that point. Um, so there it was. And I got to, they said, we've got a sub you're coming. Like we're taking your class, get out of here. Like grab your purse and go, go become a mom. Uh, and so I grabbed my purse and got to call my husband. And this is before eight o'clock in the morning. My goodness. So called my husband who was already out in Corona saying, turn around. <laughs> baby." And if, for those of you who are not in California, when you're in Corona off the 91, you better hope it's not rush hour. <laughs> oh, man. Oh man. Yeah, because it was going to be about at least an hour drive back. Oh, gosh. It was pretty amazing. Wow. So you got to be there during the birth? Well, kind of. I got to, I, I went, I picked up birth mama, I drove her to the hospital, and we had, like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, you know? It's like you pull up, and I just left the car there in the little driveway thing. <laughs> and I grabbed a grabbed a um a wheelchair, you know, and rolled her up and I said, now hold on, like while she's filling out her paperwork, I don't want to get a ticket. I don't want that to be the story of our day. So I need to go, you know, move, move the car. I'll be right back. You know, so I in the time it took me to go downstairs, move the car, come back, use the restroom and come back, I knew something was wrong. Oh no. Uh, she had been, she was in this room and there were doctors and nurses just buzzing around her. I mean, it was like something you would see out of a movie and you just think, okay, I don't know. You know, I've, I've never been at a live birth before. I don't know what's supposed to be happening. And so they, they, well, I won't get into all of the gory details, but all this to say it was a situation where, um, Meconium, 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 meconium. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, our daughter had pooped inside the womb because I didn't know what merconium, merconium or merconium. I think it's mer, but don't quote me. Merconium, I think. Prenatal poop. Let's put it that way. You're supposed to have your first poop outside of the body, but because as they discovered, she was way overbaked, she had decided to have her first bowel movement inside the body. I didn't know what all that was called. Again, this is all new to me. And so what had ended up happening then is our daughter had been basically swimming in this and breathing this all of the fluid for the last 24 hours and she was in great distress and Mm. they were doing everything they could to get her out so at first it was going to be I'm going to be sitting there and then they were rushing her off to this emergency c-section and then it was going to be well but here you'll be able to be in there and that quickly it just deteriorated very very quickly and I was you know you start going well, wait a minute, like things are okay, right? It's just because this is our, this is our yay God story. Like things yeah. are okay, right? Um, well, then it was the, yeah, no, this is an emergency, bam, bam. We got to get her out like in the next one minute kind of a deal. So, okay. You know, and at this point, you know, my husband still, still driving. He's not anywhere near home. Um, and so they ended up once our daughter was born. Our daughter's name is Evangeline. We wanted to name her. Names are very important to us. We feel like we want the meaning of the name. And so even though I feel like the name Evangeline is so very hoity-toity, I love what yeah, it means. Love it. It's beautiful. It's it a is. name. It's kind of a big mouthful, but uh, it means bringer of the gospel. Oh my goodness. And it was so funny because we thought, oh, evangelical. Of course. Uh, Bringer of the gospel. I get it. Okay. To evangelize. Yeah. Um, And in all honesty, we also really love the the actress Evangeline Lilly. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know who that is, but but I have and I have to say, I have a complicated name too. My real name is Corinth. But people like Corinthians, right? Corinth. But people like to Corinthize, you know what I mean? They put all kinds of consonants and vowels in there. So I'm sure, you know, as your daughter gets older, you'll, you can say, yeah, call Corey. And then she can, she can tell you how weird it is on the first day when the teachers massacre your name. (laughs) Just have her call me. (laughs) So can any of you guess what her middle name is? It's Hope. Evangelize Hope. Angeline Hope. So Angeline Hope, bringer of the good news, bringer of the gospel and hope. Hallelujah. Awesome. Um, All that to say, um, she ended up being a NICU baby. She was in the NICU for 22 days. Oh my goodness. Um, It ended up being a deeply sacred time. Mm -hmm. Um, I at the time was a middle school teacher still, like I think I'd said, and I, it was report card time. It was oh gosh, things. Um, Not what she needed to be doing or concentrating yeah, on in that right, moment. You know, oh my goodness. Grading finals, grading report, you know, doing report cards, putting it all together. Oh. It, it was one of the most beautiful times of seeing the family of God come together in support, in prayer. Um, Evie was, he even, oh, God, God even put nurses who were parents of past students of mine. I, I walk in going like, wait, oh, oh, it's you. And um, 
just, I, I am so blessed by nurses, men, women. We had some of the most amazing men and women nurses, the doctors too, but you saw the doctors far less, like right. they the more the in and out, but the nurses, man, they were there. And t- like, if you are a nurse out there, my heart felt just, ah, gratitude for you because you are world changers. Yeah. I, they're truly I, the hands and feet of Christ. I yes. mean, they, the, the, the amount of care and love and effort and yeah. commitment to their craft. I mean, yes. and it's a whole ick. I mean, let's be honest. It's yeah. ick and it's all the stuff and they just, they were amazing and they just surrounded us with hope. Um, and at one point, Evie had to be transferred. Loma Linda Children's Hospital was literally right down the road from where um, our hospital was. And it's like second in the nation for children's care. And she had to be moved right there because whatever our local hospital was doing wasn't enough. And she was still going south. And so they had to go to Loma Linda. She was at Loma Linda for four days, just again, praising God for how he had different things. And we, it never, it never really crossed our mind that she would be dying because mm. their heads like, like, no, but this is God's glorious adoption story. <laughs> That's what our story is. You know, um, what's interesting to me though, and we will come back here, but fast forwarding a year, a year later, I would see and run into, it happened on a number of different occasions, people who, either worked at Loma Linda or, or who worked at Redlands community at one of the two hospitals and who were there with her. And they very tentatively would ask, so how's Evie? Yeah. And, oh, great. She's all these things. And they said, Oh my goodness. Okay. We didn't think she was going to live. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, thank you for not communicating that. Right. <laughs> And yeah, it's just, they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all we had surrounding us was hope and love and care and, and that just the hours that I got to spend just there in the NICU talking with other moms, talking with dads, talking with the doctors, the nurses, uh, with my husband, like that was amazing. And, oh, getting to be there with our birth mom because Mm. she was, you know, now with this emergency C-section, she then was in the hospital for a number of days as well. And so I got to go and just sit with her in her hospital room and sensitively grieve with her because this was our greatest moment of joy at, at her enormous sacrifice and I just I'm amazed by birth moms who like our birth mom who did it completely out of love and I know that is not every situation but if our birth mama had it in her and her life situation she absolutely would have kept every single baby ever and um Takes so much courage. Darn good mom. She's mm-hmm. a great mom. Uh, and she, again, it's her story. So I won't get into her story, but she wasn't able right. to keep the Evie. And she was able to say to me, you know, Jen, this time is so different. 
and I'm actually happy. And I'm, yes, like I hurt, but I'm so happy for you guys. And that was mm-hmm. just such a beautiful blessing to see how God had put us together for those five months to just pour into each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get to know each other. So she actually could really feel where her baby was going and trust you guys with, you know, her, the life of her child, that you would be the right people. And that you guys did have that five months to come together and know each other so greatly, then you're able to, God knew that she was going to need you to support her while she's in the hospital and feeling all these feelings. And then you to be, or her to be there for you and, you know, come together and, you know, have that faith that, you know, Evie was going to the right family. Yeah, it was, it was very, very special. And fast forwarding, Hey, our daughter is great. She is healthy. Thank you, Jesus. Um, And I know that is not everybody's story. Sometimes God does take the baby and and you just kind of try to wrap your brain around that and you think what god why and yet let me go back to within our birth mom story we would then send her pictures regularly just to let her see how evie was doing and for her it was the closure that she needed just like you said Corey, to know that she'd done the right thing Mm -hmm. and there's my baby girl and she's growing and she's happy and 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 um about when evie was eight months old and i was sending birth mama some pictures of Evie crawling because she was just starting to crawl at that point. I had just been having a raw moment with the Lord saying, you know, God, it really hurts my heart that Evie is going to grow up as an only child when she actually has all these siblings over But she doesn't know about it. And within our situation, it's like, you know, we're very, it's an, what's considered an open adoption where you do talk to each other between us grownups. You know, we, we grownups, we're doing the open part, but our birth mama had said, you know, like, no, I want it to be closed for the kids because I want them to totally and completely feel like they are your kid. Like she was just so thoughtful. just always, you know, it's all about you guys. You are their mom and dad it's all good. I don't need to be a part of their life. I just, I appreciate, I love how you give me updates and I get to see things, but they're all you. So that was very special. But so I knew that, you know, our, our kiddo would just have brothers and sisters that she wouldn't be growing up with. And what is that going to be like? And how do we cross that hurdle? And, and still at the same time, you're praising God that he has had now allowed me to be a mother and still so badly wanting to be pregnant still just of mm-hmm. like god you have fulfilled that yes i am a mom and i am doing all the mom things <laughs> uh adopted mamas are absolutely mamas oh um, definitely but still like wanting to see flesh of my flesh you know and saying god is there any way that Evie can not be an only child and that, that I could get pregnant or that whatever. And I kid you not within five minutes. Oh my um, goodness. <laughs> mom, sometimes it's fast. <laughs> sometimes it's fast. Um, within five minutes, birth mom, you know, sent me a message saying, you're like, Hey, can I talk to you about something? 
Oh, and fast forward, yes, she was pregnant again. And it was one of those very awkward situations where I'm just screaming in my head, like, are you asking me to take this baby? Like, please just, are you offering me this baby? But I can't say that in a text message. Like, maybe like that's the you don't do that but and she was just so hesitant because she felt like you know oh my goodness I couldn't possibly ask them again and I'm just screaming just oh Oh. so it honestly took about two or three days and she finally came around to asking you know would you guys be up for adopting this baby oh my goodness glory be and hallelujah fast forward and now we have our son um so very, very excited that we now have our two beautiful children and they are now six years old and five years old. Craziness. And I have never gotten pregnant and I will be honest. Yep. Here come the tears. I'm 45. I'm almost 46. And it pretty much looks like that ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. Um, And most times I can't even imagine now starting again. And I can't even imagine coming at it this late in the game, though. I know that there are many women out there who still are doing it. Um, But that's a little thing that I've just had to mourn Mm -hmm. to just say, okay, God, you, you have let me be a mother of both a girl and a boy. Thank you, Jesus. Um, And I guess I'm not going to get to see our DNA. Mm -hmm. um, And I got to mourn that one, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Definitely. Some people would say, oh, what do you have to mourn? You have two beautiful children in there. Actually, complete bio. You know, brother and sister. And, um, and, you know, why, why would you mourn? But it is still a mourning for what could be what the expectation was. It's the loss of the, you know, the expectation was that you guys would have biological children and, but not, and you're not taking anything away from being a mom to these two precious kids by mourning that loss of what you thought. Yeah. You know, and that's right. It's that, it's just that putting to bed the expectation um, and, and like I said, it's okay. And it's okay to be sad then too, because mm-hmm. being sad doesn't tell God that you're not okay with it. It's still just, it's okay to be sad. So ladies, gentlemen, anyone listening, it's okay to be sad about mm-hmm. that don't happen. And it's, um, and it's just like when Jesus said, you know, if there's any other way, can you take this cup? You know, I mean, you know, he knew what was to come and he said, if there, if there's any other way, you know, um, but yeah, cause it, you know, and Jesus wept, you know, for those of you who, uh, don't know that that's the shortest verse in the Bible is those two words, Jesus wept and, you know, he, he had sadness too, and we have sadness and we're human and we have those expectations and, we have to mourn. If you don't mourn it, it just kind of sticks down in your heart and it, it hurts. You know, you have to let that out. You know, I know we're kind of, we're coming to the end of our time here. And I just, within all of this, um, I will tell you, our children are healthy. They're wonderful. Um, they are also, oh my goodness, quite a handful. Um, they are, I don't know if it just feels that way because my husband and I are in our late forties. You know? 
Man, I tell you, raising young kids is a young person's game. We bring, we bring wisdom. That's what I always say. Peace and patience, right? You know, life experience, yes. which is not to be not. Uh, that is truly, that is what we bring to the, but boy, we are tired. Um, and another thing that God has allowed to be a part of our story is that my own, my husband was then diagnosed with cancer. Um uh, three years ago now. And, and that was an odd thing too. And I, it's a, it's kind of a short story right now. We did all of the, the treatment. Um, and right now he continues to be in remission. And so for us right now, cancer has been a very small, insignificant blip, but as, as we were approaching it, we didn't know if it would be because cancer is very much a big deal for so many people. And, um, and we had, it was interesting. This was another one of those moments that God was very clear with my husband. God had revealed to him that he was going to be going through a big whopping something coming in the next year. And Mike wasn't sure, but he kind of had the feeling that it was going to be cancer. And yep, sure enough, it was cancer. And um, we were able to approach it without fear, not because we knew that he would be okay, because we've seen so many people who are young fathers, young mothers, godly people with beautiful children and newborn babies and all the things. And God Let's them leave the earth. And you think, oh my goodness. So we, we didn't want to at all say, well, but because God gave us these two beautiful children with this adoption story, of course he wouldn't take my husband with cancer. Like, well, no, he, he might have. And we wanted to be okay with the idea through a lot of prayer and a lot of, again, that the power of the Holy Spirit giving the peace, because it really was not coming from us. But to be able to say, if God takes Mike, we're still going to be okay because we understand that this story that we have here on earth, this is not it. This is like, I don't know if you call the lower story versus the upper story, grand overarching story of how God is just loving all of us and wanting every one of us to love other people to him, to woo people to Jesus. Because like I discovered when I was 16, do you see how I'm bringing this all right back? <laughs> oh, it's like, this I didn't even ask you to do a segue, but man, you're good. <laughs> and I was an English teacher in middle school. That was that shocker. Um, all that to say, but like, I mean, truly how God reached down into my life at that age of 16 and said, I want to be personally involved. You're asking me to be personally involved. I am personally involved in your life. And sometimes he speaks very loudly and clearly like that. And other times, boy, it feels dry. Life is in season. Sometimes, you know, you ride those highs of, oh, how God is involved. And other times it just seems like those eight years of dry and quiet and difficult marriage and, 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 um, and even now going through the different hardships with my children's big feelings. And I, so I'm discovering as a mother, my own big feelings, any of y'all out there can identify. Um, but in all of these new big challenges, 
new big hurts. God wants to be involved. He wants to be right there. And through his power and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can affect the world for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Through life, through death, through tears, through pain, through joy, laughter, and even the boredom of a 16-year-old. Yep. Or a 90-year-old. Like he'll he can do yeah. it. There is no situation that God cannot be in and that he isn't already in and just and you know what since your kids are around this age i'll share this and it might it might give you some uh comfort when you're sometimes in those because all of us get that way where it's oh man i it, okay you're here right you know where you are right and um you know even if you know he's there it's like sometimes like you said it's quieter desert um i heard a really good analogy one time and they said it's almost like you're on the playground and God is the parent on the bench and he's reading a book and he's watching you in your life. And when you fall down, he doesn't just go running over to you and going, are you okay? Are you okay? Cause we want to make our children be able to handle things like that. So he's kind of looking over the book and when you fall down, he watches you fall down and you think he's not watching. He's not there, but he's just looking over the book and he sees you fall, but he sees you pick yourself up, brush off your hands, look over and he's, he's there. You look, he's there, but you go on playing. And in that moment you get stronger because God isn't just rushing over every single time. And I just, especially if kids, your kids ages, when I, I probably was about, you know, my kids were probably around your kids ages when somebody shared that with me. And I, it was just like mind blowing to me because sometimes you don't feel his presence as solidly, even though, you know, he's there. And I feel like that is sometimes when you get this, you know, you get strong because you know, he's there and you're, you're picking yourself up that, you know, he's always there. He doesn't ever leave, but it really helped me hearing that, you know, when I had little kids and, you know, it's just a lot sometimes, you know, being a mom and a wife and, a mom, you know, all the things like you call it. But now when, when you have gone through this and you've seen all these providences um, and I don't, you know, and then, you know, and your son and your daughter, when all of these things happen, has it changed your perspective or uh, just changed your life in a certain way as far as your relationship with Christ or how you go about life or how you feel about your relationship with Christ? Um, or how has it, I should say? Holding on to that idea that everything happens for a purpose And there are times that God actually allows us to see what that purpose is, where we get to have that moment of, oh, and that is why that happened. That is why we didn't get to adopt those two little girls, because God just two months later had this other family and this other situation, or uh, you could start naming any, anything like, um, but in other times we don't ever get to see what the purpose is, but I, but I absolutely know there is one. And I know mm-hmm. that people's lives are being changed and affected. Um, and that there's great power in struggles and weakness. Um, I think we all 
need to have big challenges in our life. Um, because in those big challenges, that's where we truly just meet our maker mm. so beautifully and tenderly and intimately. Whereas when we feel so strong and so self-confident, it's almost like you don't even really feel like you need a savior all that much, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm great and life is good. And hopefully in those great moments, you know, we can have the wherewithal to be constantly praising the Lord, seeing the individual bits of beauty and the wonderful things in our life. Um, but then praising God for the hard times, whatever that hard time is, the infertility, the cancer, the adoption, the child rearing, the difficult struggling marriage, the, I can't get married. I think, you know, all of the things, whatever it is, um, there's actually, there was something I had wanted to share. Oh yeah, um, please. Very quickly. This was something I did not write this. I will give full credit. Um, someone named Alex Cravens wrote it and posted it to social media and it was shared. And I thought this is so mm, right on. This is especially for anybody who is working with young children, whether they are your own or you're a teacher or a grandparent or a caregiver or, 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 or maybe see if you can figure out a way to apply this to just life being hard in general. And Uh, we'll try to put this in the um, show show notes too. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. says, don't feel sorry for or fear for your kids because the world they are going to grow up in is not what it used to be. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they're in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. Raise them up to know the power they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of his word. Teach them to walk in faith, knowing that God is in control. Empower them to know they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful and disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they Mm. do something about it. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time that they were in because of God's sovereign plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lion's den. He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle whatever challenge they face in their life. He created them specifically for it. Don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise up to the challenge. Raise Daniels, Davids, Esthers, and Peters. God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with this mess of a world. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and make him known all over the world. Don't let your fear steal the greatness that God has placed on them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides our sweet little babies, and we just want to protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them, but they were born for such a time as this. Isn't that awesome? That is 
bam. <laughs> mic drop. Mic drop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. What a great way to wrap this up. That is beautiful. Yeah. I, I really, you know, I, I'll put that in for sure. And I'm going to, I probably will uh, see if I can maybe even post it to, yeah. I, I'm probably going to put it on regular Facebook and the group and the, and the, and that's really powerful words. It's powerful stuff. So it's a screenshot that I've got. That's got her name and face right there. So whoever yeah. this is well done you, you know, yeah. just, wow. And I love it. Uh, you know, I, for those of you who don't know, Esther was, um, wait a second, Ruth, wait a second. All of a sudden I'm like blinking. It's Esther. Yeah. Um, you know, she, that whole part of the Bible, it was like for such a time as this. So that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on. I've enjoyed it immensely. I, I just am so happy for you. And, you know, I love seeing, you know, the pictures of the kids and all that. And now that we're back connected to, I get to see updated pictures and stuff. <laughs> you know, we were, Jen and I were commiserating on the algorithms as far like, how come I'm not seeing, it? I don't know how come, you know, so, but yeah, but thank you so much. And for those listeners out there, I hope this blessed you today. And Please share this with anybody that you think might be blessed by it because we want to just make sure we give God the glory for all of these interviews and the times together. And I hope you're enjoying them as much as I am. Um, And uh, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 